Hey y'all, you're listening to Damsels in Detroit, the podcast all about women from the city that are killing it in their industries. I'm your host, Evan Webb. Each week, I invite a damsel to come on and talk with me about their life, careers, and why Detroit girls do it better. Hey y'all, we're back. Another episode of Damsels in Detroit. This is episode 36. Yay. And I'm sitting here with T. Capel. Really excited because we're about to talk all things fashion and I love fashion. So let's get into her bio before we start getting into our questions. T. Capel is an aesthetics architect and fashion industry consultant. She partners with apparel and lifestyle brands to create innovative, experience-focused solutions to their branding, e-commerce, retail, and sourcing needs. Some of T's projects and accomplishments include designing cosmetic package, cosmetics packaging for a celebrity makeup artist, serving as a creative director at the 1441 Woodward Collective, and the launch of the Fashion District Tour, which is the first and only vendor relationship building and sourcing extensive for apparel and boutique-based businesses held quarterly in L.A., in addition, T has landed coverage in print and broadcast outlets, including Crane's Detroit Business, Michigan Chronicle, Fox 2, and 107.5 FM. And she is a Tech Town Detroit Retail Boot Camp alumna and grant recipient. Hello. Ooh, that sounds so good. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was reading it and I was like, how can I shorten this? Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's how I always feel 21st mm-hmm. ever, like. How can I, sh- <laughs> how can I shorten that? Right. How can I tell people what I do I'll, in one line? It's so difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, your elevator pitch is probably crazy. Oh, <laughs> my elevator pitch has yet to be perfected because yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things that I'm working on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here. I'm excited to be here. Yay. Long overdue. I know. Seriously. <laughs> I was like, who can be my first February guest? And I was like, oh, yeah, T. Yeah. Um, well, let's hop right into our questions. So okay. my first one is just can you talk about what inspired you to get into the fashion business? Oh, yeah. Um, so I've always been into fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, I started sketching when I was in the fifth grade. Okay. So my idea of being in the fashion industry was to be a designer. Like, yeah. That was my thing. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go to FIDM. I applied, submitted this like super extensive portfolio, mm-hmm. got accepted. Okay. And my parents were like, yo, we can't afford to send you to L.A. Yeah. So that was kind of like a dream crumble for Mm me. Um, But later on down the line, once I, you know, I went to Wayne State for a couple years. I didn't finish. I moved. I dropped out. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to Chicago. Okay. Which was supposed to just kind of be a moment break you know my Mm -hmm. sister was living there and she was just like you know there's not a lot going on in Detroit I mean mind you this was like over 13 years ago right there's not a lot going on in Detroit you know maybe you should just come out here and live for a little bit a year or two just Mm -hmm. to kind of refocus and figure out exactly what you want to do right so it's like okay you know that year or two ended up being 10 years okay And so when I moved to Chicago, I started working high-end retail, Mm -hmm. and I started styling and doing personal shopping for a lot of my clients I met. Yeah. And that kind of was the thing that started um, me kind of realizing, okay, well, although I didn't go to design school, there are so many different ways I can work in this Mm -hmm. industry and um, allow this to be my creative outlet. So I started the personal shopping service, started styling, and then I launched a blog. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of when I realized, okay, I really do have some influence and an eye that people right. can identify with. Mm-hmm. And my blog was really based on taking these high-end looks because I was, I mean, that's what I did on my downtime. Like, there wasn't TV, there wasn't right. reality TV. My thing was looking at runway shows mm-hmm. online, like... And trying to figure out, okay, how can I create this look yeah. on my 22-year-old budget? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that was my blog. Like, my blog was taking these high-end runway looks mm-hmm. and c- showing people how to, like, achieve them on a budget. Yeah. And back then, you know, there wasn't, Zara wasn't really right. everywhere. You know, really, you could only go to Zara if you shopped overseas mm-hmm. or in New York. You know, ASOS wasn't that big. Forever 21 wasn't, like, banging like how it is now. Like, there were not the resources we have now. Mm -hmm. Um, There was not an influx of boutiques. And so I really would kind of just thrift, I mean, try to find pieces from all over to make these looks happen. And um, my following 
that kind of created that bond that we have. Like so many of my customers now with Fly Behavior yeah. actually were fans of my blog and followed me like I love all it. the way back then. Yeah. yeah. So that's really kind of how I got started mm-hmm. um, because I, when I launched the blog and trying to curate these looks, mm-hmm. I realized there was so much missing. Yeah. I'm like, geez, like, okay, I'm trying to find this. I can't find it. How can I not find a cute dress to wear on my birthday that's under, you know, $70? Right. And that's where the boutique portion came in. Mm-hmm. So um, my si- I have two older sisters who, are all, who have both always been in fashion mm-hmm. and... Um, a really good friend of ours had a boutique here in Detroit. Okay. And um, we kind of started going to trade shows. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, and I was probably about 20. Not even that. I was like in high school when I went to my first trade okay. show. So I was exposed to the industry early on, but mm-hmm. I never really knew I would be in it. Yeah. And um, that kind of just began that that vision mm-hmm. and um here we are today Yay. so i love yeah. it yeah well i was introduced to you from your boutique um, okay. and i believe it was from the first 1441 collective i believe was it the collective or um 1000 so i've done one, was it 1001 okay so 1001 was the pop up on the corner of Woodward across from mm-hmm. campus marshes and that was like a holiday from november to yes December. Mm-hmm. And then after that um, is when I curated 1441 Woodward okay. Collective. I think it must mm-hmm. have been 1001 then. Yeah. When I first walked in and I was like, oh, clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when 1001 came about, I had, I relocated back to Detroit that same year. Okay. So it, it was crazy just to kind of see how things have evolved right uh, because I've always been online but there's been this desire for me to really foster my um, following and just my community base Mm -hmm. here um, and just create an experience here that I've been able to create online right Um, so with you know 1001 1441 my pop-ups at foundation Mm -hmm. like it's really allowed me to kind of you know like meet people like you and just a lot of people that um, are here in Detroit that mm-hmm. are in the industry. So it's been great. Yeah. Can you talk about like the beginning stages of starting a boutique? Because I know <laughs> like it always seems like such a great so idea easy. and so easy, yeah. but like there are so many things I have to go into. <laughs> First of all, I mean, I've been in the industry, my boot, I've had my boutique. Now, mm-hmm. I always say this, right? Because as you grow in your business Mm -hmm. and you realize, okay, actually what you were doing was a hobby. Okay. You know, like I started off as a hobby. So, and then at one point I realized, okay, this is actually, this can actually be a lucrative business. Mm -hmm. And that's when I kind of started pivoting and trying and figuring out how to propel it forward. Okay. But so I've been doing this for eight years. There were not people out there creating blogs, mm-hmm. podcasts, YouTube channels, Instagram posts, memes, any of that yeah. that said, oh, this is five things to do before you start a boutique. Okay. There there was not that because yeah. let's, let's talk about a few things. Owning boutiques was not really prevalent in our community, mm-hmm. right? You had, I mean, you, of course, had your mom and pop, your niche stores, your vintage stores. You know, we have brick and mortar boutiques. Mm -hmm. From an e-commerce standpoint, that was not a big thing, you know. Um, So I actually started backwards where Mm -hmm. I opened up a showroom in Chicago. Okay. Because my brand actually started with accessories. Mm -hmm. So I started off creating handmade accessories opened up a showroom so people could come in and pick out their items. Mm-hmm. Then I incorporated clothing. I did not have, I started my Instagram at that point. I did not have a website. I started my website, mm-hmm. you know, at that point. I did it kind of backwards. Um, but when it comes to starting a boutique, at this point, I always ask people like, okay, a few questions to sit down and really think about. Um, how, I'm, Of course, how am I competing with the market? Because right, right now... I mean, it is saturated. People don't want to say it's saturated because nobody's like me and yeah. I do, 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 do. Like, let's be honest. Right. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Like, yeah. that's what you tell yourself 
to make you feel better cool but <laughs> let's be honest yeah it is saturated mm-hmm. everyone is buying from the same places right um you are competing for the same customers and you have to figure out a how am i competing right how am i going to compete in a way that is going to allow me to not put so much money mm-hmm. you know invest so much money into the business to be able to turn over a profit right right um am i doing this full time while i'm going to be working um because i'll tell you I was doing this in conjunction with a full-time job until I moved here to Detroit. That was the reason for me moving. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to go full-time in the business. At some point, that is something you're going to want to do. So go into it with the game plan of, okay, this is what I need to be able to make in my business Mm -hmm. to leave my full-time job. Right. Um, Geez, there's so much, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I just say sit down and think about who is my customer? How is she different? Who is she currently buying from? Um, how am I going to obtain her? How much is that going to cost me? Right. Can I afford that? Mm-hmm. Um, man, how am I going to be competing with larger retailers? Because right now we are in a place, and I was just talking about this. I put a post up on Instagram mm-hmm. um, the other day and on Facebook. We are currently in the market in a place where the larger retailers are adopting small business practices, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They 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 see. And I had this conversation. I have a mentor. She lives in LA, okay. um, and she is the um, she was the international buying director for Forever Twenty One for over ten years. Wow. And me and her had this conversation three years ago. Okay. And she said, you know, T, you are in a great position as a boutique owner because you can pivot, you can move, mm-hmm. you can do things without getting approval, without having to test the market. Without, yep. You can do whatever you, you can wake up and say, hey, I want to try to do this. Mm-hmm. Whereas these larger corporations cannot. Right. Um, now, three years ago, that was three years ago. Today, you see things like, you know, Glosser, who is doing pop-ups now. You mm-hmm. know, they're open, about to open up one in Atlanta this month. Um, you know, you've seen Supreme and Louis Vuitton collaboration pop-ups. Yeah. You know, so, and they have the money to put behind these efforts. So mm-hmm. they can adopt our small business practices as pop-ups and brand, you know, influencer collaborations right. and um, <clears throat> um, collective brick-and-mortar spaces. Mm-hmm. But then they put money behind it and they're able to actually saturate and be in different places. Yeah. Um, Whereas small businesses, we are not. So I think it's important to go into starting a boutique at this point, knowing that Mm -hmm. and knowing it's not going to go away. So how are you going to compete not only with your small businesses, Mm -hmm. your other small boutique owners, but also with larger corporations who are throwing, you know, who are grabbing influencers, bringing them in, designing collections. Yeah. And then putting it out like, hey, you know. That's true. It's, it's, you know, you have to pay attention to the market. You can't just be a boutique owner. You have to really look at how strategy and innovation plays a part in your success. Mm -hmm. Because without it, you are going to look up and you're going to be behind, you know, and like, hey, geez, how, like, how did I miss that? Mm -hmm. You know, so... I know I just said a ham a lot, but I would just dissect that and really think about all of those different things mm-hmm. before even deciding to start a boutique. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, I just think people are like, oh, I dress cute, so I'm about to. And it's Girl. like, okay, no. <laughs> I mean, but so knowing, many... knowing where to go, knowing yeah. how to buy, having the eye, yes. you might be able to dress yourself, but right. that does not mean you can dress, dress other, other people. people. And really what I have learned is having a boutique is not about that. Mm-hmm. It's not about buying things that you like yeah it's about curating things that your customers want and mm-hmm. need and i'm glad we're talking about this now because my next question was about inventory mm-hmm. so i just wanted to know like where are you sourcing your pieces from and when you're buying what makes you think like okay this is gonna do well mm-hmm. or this can be in fly behavior right you know? oh man it's like such a moment for yeah. me like so I source from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I source overseas. Of course, everyone knows I do a lot of my sourcing in L.A. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the reasons I started the L.A. Fashion District mm-hmm. Tour. Um, and I started Boutique Like a Boss, you know, because that portion of your business is what is going to separate you mm-hmm. from other people. Um, 
you can go on five different boutiques and you're going to see some of the same stuff. Yep. Me, I do the complete opposite. If I've seen this, I don't want it. Okay. And that is what my customer base has come to understand. Yeah. They know I'm going to search high and low. Mm-hmm. Like I spend hours, you know, whether I'm in the fashion district, whether I'm online at a trade show, mm-hmm. you have to do the work. Yeah. You have to do that legwork. And that legwork is not fun. Mm-hmm. It's not cute. You know, I've had people show up, you know, and see people at, you know, markets with heels. on. I'm like, baby. Yeah, this ain't that. <laughs> listen, anytime you see me, I am in sneakers. Mm-hmm. I am comfortable. I'm yeah. cute, but I have on a red lip and I have on some sneakers. Right. Like, that's what you're going to get. Um, because it is it is intensive. It's, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. You have to do the leg work and you have to pay, be detail-focused and oriented. So, whereas, so I may see something and it might be cute. Like, one person's like, oh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go in to look at the details. Okay. I'm going to look at the buttons. The hem, mm-hmm. the trim, if it's lined, yeah. um, the sleeves, you know, all of those different details, the waistline, mm-hmm. the elastic, like, and I pay attention to the feedback I get from customers. So okay. if I have customers that say, I don't like dresses that have a la- elastic in the waistband, okay. I'm not going to buy dresses with elastic in the waistband. Yeah. Or I'm going to buy a dress with elastic in the waistband that's thicker because I know when I put on a dress that has thin elastic on the waistband it gives me muffin top yeah you know like and it also like ravels uh, like it twists yeah Yeah. so you have to pay attention Mm -hmm. and you have to look at that like if it does have elastic how is it laying Mm -hmm. you know those are the details that you have to look at and those are the details that your customers will pay you you know 10 to $20 more mm-hmm. for an item that they will can possibly go to so-and-so's boutique or so-and-so's store to get. Mm-hmm. Because that's another, you know, thing where yeah. um, you have different manufacturers that create product and they create it for different sources, yeah. right? So you might have one manufacturer that sources the same dress for 20 different places okay right um one of them could be like a well-known store Mm -hmm. and they can one could be an amazon marketplace Mm -hmm. one could you know like you can have one item sold on all of these different spectrums that are all made from the same manufacturer okay you can also have that dress that is a designer replica mm-hmm. that another manufacturer has made, right? They may have made it with a little more quality. Mm-hmm. So there's this is two parts that I want people to understand here. As a buyer, you have to look at that and look at those details and don't let it discourage you because I know a lot of customers will be like, oh, I saw that on Amazon. Right. Yeah, you saw it on Amazon, but go ahead and order it yeah. and see how it looks when you get it. Yeah. <laughs> look my customers know because i have schooled them on this like listen, listen honey <clears throat> go ahead and buy it mm-hmm. and when you get it tell me how many layers of spanks you have to put under it for yeah. it to not be see-through girl yeah so <laughs> that's one thing i educate my um my buyers mm-hmm. on like when they take the class and we're in la and we're doing our buying i'm like okay look at this because sometimes you'll see the same thing at different stores yeah and now show them how it's different mm-hmm. Or, you know, so you have to, as as a buyer and as a boutique owner, these are things you have to see mm-hmm. and educate yourself and your customers on because they don't, people don't know. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is on Amazon. It's like, yeah, that's on Amazon. But when you buy it, it's going to look different. Yes. Than, um, you know, buying it from, you know, a boutique owner who has done the due diligence. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's everywhere. I'm right. saying that's how I operate. Yeah. I don't know how other people, but that's one of the things I make sure if it is an item that I've seen on the marketplace, I make sure I compare it mm-hmm. to see that it has quality because that's one of the things that my brand stands on is mm-hmm. quality. Um, whether it's a trendy piece, a classic piece for your closet, it has to have some quality mm-hmm. behind it because I want you to keep wearing it. Right. You know? So I ordered off Amazon for the first time this past summer, and I was like, I'm going to just try it because people keep talking about, like, oh, Amazon. And I've never been that girl that shops, shops on, Amazon. on Amazon. Like, I'm always like, I'm going to just go to Nordstrom mm-hmm. or, like, whatever. So I was like, let me try this. It's, like, $28. I'll get it in two days. So I got it. 
And I wasn't super, like, I wasn't in love with it, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't hate it. Right. So I ended up wearing it, and I washed it in the, like, how <laughs> we're going back to, like, the elastic part. Like, the pants are done for. Oh my I can't wear them ever again. So I'm just like, well, I'm glad this was only $28 because, and like, I can't do it Right, right. But I think that that's a part of the culture now. Mm-hmm. Um, fast fashion is... Yeah is a part of the culture where you have people who like okay i'm just gonna wear this one time mm-hmm. i'm gonna buy it i don't care if i can't wear it ever again yeah it was just a look mm-hmm. for an occasion right um and that's a certain demographic mm-hmm. you know so also going into opening and starting a boutique you have to know your demo yeah like my customer base they're you know kind of professional women mm-hmm you know, in their own industries, whether it's professional or corporate, mm-hmm. they are very grown and sexy mm-hmm. and they want to be able to wear their pieces right. over and over again. Yeah. But they also don't mind paying money for their pieces. Yeah. Right. So you can have a customer that wants to spend twenty, thirty dollars on a dress mm-hmm. or a whole outfit, you know, and their expectation is I'm probably not going to be able to wear it anymore. Right. Anyway, and I'm not going to wear it because I only want to wear it for the gram once. Yeah. Anyway. I don't even think I posted that picture. So, <laughs> right. So, there, it's a different demographic. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't knock it, but you just have to know mm-hmm. your demo. And as a consumer, you have to know what it is you're looking for. Right. Like, are you buying for the moment or are you buying to build a bomb wardrobe? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. There was a piece on your site that I was like going back and forth. The coat, the parka, oh my the green and the yeah. orange. I was like, girl. Oh. Listen, <laughs> I just was posting stuff today on mm-hmm. that. Um, I've been selling that piece since 2016. Mm-hmm. It's a good coat. It is a moment. <laughs> like it's. I don't know. And I've been debating, like, after this last season, I've been debating on, like, discontinuing it because I had some issues with, like, just importing. Oh, my gosh. It was, it's been a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, we are, for real, having a tariff war. Okay. Um, Like, I've had things being held in customs. Like, oh. Yeah, held in customs, returned back to the manufacturer. Like, it's been, and I have not been the only person I know that's experienced this. Um. But anyway, it is a great call. Yeah. It's awesome. I've been selling it, like I said, since 2016. Mm-hmm. And everyone who gets it, you know, I'm like, leave me a review. Let me there. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I love it. Like I've been like I have customers that order two and three. They're like, okay, mm-hmm. I want to get another color. I'm like, all right, <laughs> let me know when you're ready. I'll right. give you a little something off. Yeah. You know, um, it's just a quality piece. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm about. I'm about having a unique piece that is, you know, when you think of a parka, you think, you know, a parka coat. Like, yeah. Okay. I love it's just, But then you're like, oh, I can customize my color. Mm-hmm. I can take the aligning out. I can change the fur. Yeah. I can buy three different colors and mix and match mm-hmm. all of my colors. You know, it's it's just a moment. Yeah. It's just, you know, and, and everyone's always like, oh, my God, when I wear my coat, I get so many compliments. Yeah. Yeah, because when I wear mine, like, I have, like, three different colors. Of course. <laughs> but, but I'm never satisfied in my closet. I'm like, Tiffany, you do not need any yeah. more coats. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. Yeah. Because, you know. That's the point that I'm at right now with my closet. Like, I'm just not satisfied. And I'm, like, giving stuff away constantly. Oh gosh, and then buying new pieces. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just, like... What am, what's happening here? I don't know. Like, I, well, I think you have to continue to reinvent yourself. Yeah. Like, just in biz, like in business and your personal life, mm-hmm. you have to reinvent yourself. Yeah, because like how we are when we're in, you know, like every stage of your life, you change. Mm-hmm. Like with age, you grow, you mature, right? And your style changes. So, like, I did a complete purge mm-hmm. at the end of last year. And so now I'm in the process of rebuilding my wardrobe, but yeah. I'm also in the process, like I'm also really trying to really represent my brand. Right. And so I'm actually rebranding my, re-brand, re- rebranding with Fly Behavior okay. and with my personal brand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're, they're kind of coinciding because I feel like my customer race has matured Mm-hmm. over the years just like I have right. and so I want that to be reflected in what I'm putting out there yeah yeah, that makes sense so how do you make sure that your inventory is current and on trend like where do you look to for inspiration <gasps> you know what I 
I look at trend. I look at what's trending. Mm-hmm. I look at room ratios. Okay. You know, I look at fat. You know, okay, fashion week. This, but I don't necessarily buy according to trend. Mm-hmm. Um, I will look at colors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll look at silhouettes. But a lot of it. For me, what sticks out to me with trans are, like, classic stuff, which yeah. really that's all trans are a mm-hmm. lot of the times are classics reinvented. Yeah. And people, if you really look at and study, like, you know, the history of fashion, mm-hmm. you know, you'll say, oh, plaids are in. Right. like. Or, you know, headpieces are in, mm-hmm. turbans are in. Like, turbans been around. I right. was just watching, you know, Nina Simone on yeah. Netflix. Like, <laughs> that's not a trend. That's yeah. you late. Mm-hmm. Like, so, um, trends are great. And I, I try to incorporate some of those classic trends year-round. Okay. Um, but what I will do is I'll take something that I typically always offer mm-hmm. a coat a dress um midi skirt pleated midi skirt a um headpiece and i'll incorporate the trend that way mm-hmm. so it is so like say for instance last year neon last season neon was in mm-hmm. so i have a convertible trench that i've um it's like one of my cla- one of the fly behavior staple pieces mm-hmm. and it's like a trench that is two different pieces so okay. it's like a cropped vest so it's like a so say for instance you have a trench vest that's sleeveless Mm -hmm. and then you have a cropped trench jacket that's long sleeve so you can combine them and it becomes a trench coat right or you can wear them separately right so i wore i styled the trench the long sleeveless vest Mm -hmm. as a dress but i paired it with a neon turtleneck long sleeve bodysuit okay so that's how I incorporated the neon of last season. Yeah. You know, so I'll incorporate it that way. Okay. I won't, you know, kind of overpower yeah. with the trend, but I try to find ways to bring it in subtly mm-hmm. um, because my customer, that's her. Like, she's like, okay, this is on trend. Let me see how I can mix this yeah. in with my staples, mm-hmm. you know. Without, like, going full Without, out. yeah, I don't want a whole new neon wardrobe, yeah. you know. Yeah. I have neon hoodies in my closet right now that I have yet to wear mm-hmm. probably won't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I hate when that happens. But then, it's, I don't know, maybe but two I'll years wear, from I now. But I mean, I don't care. I'll yeah. pull them out as soon as the weather break. Right. You're going to see me in a neon <laughs> highlighter pink hoodie, and um, I don't care. I like know? the pink. I know the green was, was super mm-hmm. popular, but the neon pink. And neon orange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I had the, I had a neon. So oh, that was another piece. I did a neon orange two piece skirt sweater set. Ooh. Actually, Amber Amber wears that a lot. Mm-hmm. She wears it. Um, she did it. She wore it in a, a tin campaign and mm-hmm. another campaign. So yeah, like things like that. Right. Where it's like okay, it's a sweater. It's a skirt sweater set, but it's neon orange. Yeah. Like so oh, it's cute. It yeah, love it. Can you think of um? an item or a couple of items that you bought because you're like, this is going to do so well in my boutique oh, and it just man. did not. <laughs> Flops. Jeez, um, which items? Okay, so for one, off the off the top of my head, so I had this green high-low maxi dress. Mm-hmm. Now, I was like, oh, this is so cute. And actually, I ordered it because I really wanted it for myself. <laughs> <laughs> this going to be the one. <laughs> I'm like, ooh. Well, I was going to the Phuket Polo okay. in New York. Okay. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a look. Yeah. And so I was like, because I was just, I was looking for new items to bring into the boutique. And then I saw, I was like, oh, this would be a cute dress mm-hmm. to wear. I was like, I'm going to order it. Yeah. So... Yeah, it did not translate the way <laughs> I thought it was going to. Okay. Um, but the thing about that is you have to figure out, you might bring something in and it does not go well, mm-hmm. but you have to do a few things. Restyle it. Yeah. And I have, okay, before I say that, one of the things I learned is be patient. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, you don't want to sit on inventory because that's money. Right. That is because, you know, your inventory is an investment. Right. And that's what a lot of people need to understand. Going into business, you're into a boutique business. Mm-hmm. Your inventory is an investment. So you have to choose wisely. Just yeah. like you choose the right house, the right um, 
company the right this to invest your money in, mm-hmm. you have to choose wisely. Um, and that was something I didn't choose wisely on. And it was a very expensive item. Okay. Um, but so what I what you have to also remember is just because something doesn't move at the moment doesn't mean it won't. Okay. So if you've pushed it for two weeks and nobody's biting, pull it back, take it off, yeah. sit on it, bring it, restyle it, mm-hmm. reintroduce it. Okay. You know, um, because sometimes people just not feeling it at the right. moment. They're not right. They're not there with you. It's yeah. too soon. There's no occasion. It's too close to Christmas. It's green. Mm-hmm. They don't want it. Or or Christmas just passed, mm-hmm. and you bringing out this green dress. It reminds them of Christmas. Right. Or That's you true. have a sparkly <clears throat> item, and every see my. So those are things I've learned over the years. Like I like sparkles, mm-hmm. and I like to dress them down. Okay. I'm not a sequence on New Year's Eve girl. Yeah. I wouldn't wear sparkle on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. But I will wear it on a right random sunny day yeah. with some sneakers or whatever to dress it down. Everyone doesn't think like that. Yeah. So the fact that um, another item, I had a shimmery jumpsuit. Actually, I just had it. Now, it's a part of my collection that's in Foundation Hotel. Okay. Um, but I reintroduced, I sold out the first time mm-hmm. around Thanksgiving. Okay. Everyone was buying it for yeah, holiday. holiday. But it was an item that I'm like, you can wear this like anytime, right? So it's like a pink glittery suit. So I sold out the first oh, time. Oh, the blazer? Yeah, the blazer so and trousers. Cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I sold out like in like two days the first time. Okay. Brought it back. But at that point, it was like two weeks before New Year's Eve. I think I sold like two sets. Okay. Um, So that like next two weeks, like. In January, I didn't really sell any of them mm-hmm. because people are like, oh, it's after the holiday. Right. Why did I want this? Your mind is thinking holiday. Yeah. But then I started selling it again, like, last week because it's a pink glitter. Valentine's Day. Suit. Valentine's Day. Who doesn't like pink? Yeah. You can just, I mean, you can wear a sparkly mm-hmm. blazer with jeans. Yeah. And a strappy heel. Mm-hmm. So you have to think about stuff like that. It might be the timing, not the item. So yeah. take it away, bring it back, style it differently, show a different person wearing it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all mind tricks. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. No, that makes a lot of sense because, like, you know, certain colors, certain patterns. Exactly. I know people don't like to do plaid year-round, but I'm like, why not? Yeah, like plaids, florals. Mm-hmm. Certain, I mean, certain things, reds, you know, green around Christmas or after a ripe, you know, it's, yeah. you really have to pay attention to those type of things mm-hmm. that consumers associate. Um, because most people do buy for the current yeah. occasions or seasons. Mm-hmm. So That makes sense. So you also do brand development and you help other business owners cohesively tell their brand story and increase visibility. Um, so why is branding so important and how would you describe your brand identity? <sighs> branding is important because it's it's the details in everything mm-hmm. um, that speak for you, you know, when you can't speak for yourself. Right. Um, it's really important for me because, you know, I want to be able to tell a story mm-hmm. Um I want to be able to tell a story that explains who my brand is for, um, what you can expect. And a lot of that has been quality. Um, I want people to see like, okay, this is a quality product. Mm -hmm. This is, um, this is an inclusive brand. And man, you talked about that Mm because that's one of the parts of branding that I'm really working on this year. Yeah. Um, so it's really important just so that you can put out there what your brand is about without having to specifically say, mm-hmm. this is what we're about. Someone should be able to look at your social media, look at who you, and be able to tell, like, this is what we're about. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many small details. And, and when I speak branding from a, a collateral standpoint, I really talk to people about the small details that people do not pay attention to. Mm-hmm. I mean, from photographing apparel for your store and your clothing is wrinkled mm-hmm. 
not having the proper tags on garments. Yeah. Um, having mixed match hangers, having wire hangers from your closet at home, having uh, rolling racks that are about to fall over, mm-hmm. have, you know, like so many different things. Um, if you are in a physical store, like making sure that things are neat and clean, yeah. like all of that is a part of your brand. Mm-hmm. And people, those are the things people don't pay attention to. People pay attention to, okay, I need a logo, I need business cards, and that's it. Yeah. And then they get started and they're out here and you're having a pop-up and you have, you know, your display is not cohesive. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to have items that are going to make people remember your brand name yeah so tags you know hang tags on your garments Mm -hmm. if you are a boutique owner or if you are a brand there's you should have those type of things because they allow people when they leave Mm -hmm. to remember like you know um i have tags and, and you'll see i see people they'll take a picture of the tag like okay so i can remember that right if you don't have those things for people to remember and identify your brand mm-hmm. then your your they won't rem- remember you yeah. um so you know even from when i do like pop-ups and things like that i talk to people about having those moments you have to create those brand moments that people will walk away from like that was so unique, mm-hmm. so different and give them an experience from touching your garment, from the quality to how it looks. So your tags, your, you know, how you have things laid out, mm-hmm. the colors, the textures, you know, how you're communicating with them, the service, all of that goes into what people will remember yeah. about your brand. Yeah. Cause that again, outfit I ordered from Amazon. I don't even think it had a tag. I don't know yeah. what brand it was. Right. It didn't have a tag or anything in there. It was just kind of like, right. here go to clothes. Right. Like, okay, thanks. You're like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> like, what yeah. if somebody was like, asking me about it? Like, I can't no. tell you anything. No. So, I'm like, oh, I got it on Amazon. I right. can send you the link. I yes. Don't know. But like, it's so much easier just to be like, <sighs> yeah. oh, I got this from Fly Behavior. Mm-hmm. Here's their, like, yeah. here's here's their, their Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, I yeah. know. That's where people are like, are you on Instagram? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, Absolutely. you know. Yeah, yeah, so even, um, yeah, so there are just things like that. Because mm-hmm. I've all, like, my eye for detail, I mean, it's, like, granted, it's what has gotten me this far mm-hmm. in the business and the industry. Yeah. So I pay attention to everything. Mm-hmm. And I, lo- I mean, I am a small business advocate. Like, I love, like, talking mm-hmm. anytime I'm doing a vendor show or a pop-up or I'm even just walking through and having conversations with people and you know I always kind of you know I pick up on different things like uh, like you're like uh, one thing I always notice is like people that have like um, scrubs and oils and things mm-hmm. like that they use paper labels okay and when you use a paper label, the oil in your product is going to erase the label. Mm-hmm. So how is your customer going to know? Yeah. Man, what was that scent? What was the fragrance? Who was that? Mm-hmm. I bought it at a pop-up, but I don't remember because I didn't get a car, but the label is smeared from right. your product. So yeah. they can't. So those are the things that, because a lot of it goes beyond the aesthetics. Like, yes, it's about the aesthetic. Right. But. When it comes time to choose which way to go with a lot of that, you have to think beyond mm-hmm. how much it's going to cost you. Yeah, it's cheaper for me to just get the paper label from Staples yeah. and print it on my computer. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, when someone wants to reorder, mm-hmm. how do they reorder that scent that they love? If they don't remember If they it. don't know what it was. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are just the things that are really important when it comes. Like, branding is so beyond... Um, you know, your website, your logo, mm-hmm. your, um, your, of course, your brand image, drill down to the experience, the customer experience, and make sure the decisions you make are aligned with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, so you started the LA Fashion District Tour so that you could provide a hands-on experience that connects boutique owners to a number of vendors. Yeah. So can you talk more about like how many people get to go on the tour, where oh, you guys man. go? Because I went to the fashion district for the first time mm-hmm. last year. So, and I was like, this is 
crazy. I was going to say, how was your experience? So I didn't know what I was walking into. <laughs> I was like, because <laughs> I was with my mom and her best friend. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, her best friend, I call her my aunt. But she was like, we're going to go to the fashion district. So I'm thinking like, we're about to go on like Rodeo. You're, dry, you're, like, th- you're I'm, like, oh, I'm cute. Right. Photo ops. Okay. Listen, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not about to buy nothing. But like, at least I get to like say I touched one yeah. of these bags. Like whatever. But mm-hmm. we walked in and I was just like, where the hell yeah. am I? I'm like, this is just like so much was going yeah. on. And I was like, well, I just saw this piece online somewhere <laughs> for like $500. But I'm what? looking at it oh and it's gosh. like, you know, like just. It was crazy. But then, I like, once we got, like, into the thick of it, I'm like, wow, this is really interesting. So, yeah, it is. Yeah. And people don't really understand. Mm-hmm. So, I get, you don't understand how many people I get, like, well, why should I go with her? I could just go by myself. Okay. Yeah. Yes, you can. It is and overwhelming. And you are not going to find what you're looking for. Yeah. You're going to waste your time. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's literally, like, um, hundreds of shops you can yeah. go into. So, I started... Uh, and that's why I started. So, mm-hmm. um, like I said, I've been sort. I source from all over, but I personally love the energy, mm-hmm. um, and I love the ability to be able to go and talk to and feel garments, touch garments. Mm-hmm. There's so many different elements to it, right? There's the vendor relationships. So when the more vendors see you, the more you communicate with them. The more they are going to communicate with you. Mm -hmm. Meaning, when they get new stuff in, you're going to be the first to know. Right. That's imperative to your business Mm -hmm. and competition, especially with such a saturated market. Right. You want to be the first to know. You're going to get text messages. Like, I don't have to go online to buy anything. Okay. If I didn't want to. Like, I get messages with, this is everything new that just came in. I mean, so those are the types of relationships you build. Mm -hmm. Um. I like there there are so many hidden showrooms that in in buildings here and there and there like people have no idea mm-hmm. are there. Um so there are different parts of the fashion district. So you have um a lot of like consumer stores, so anyone who may who does not have a resale license mm-hmm. that are, that's not a boutique owner, they can go in and shop. Okay. Um on Saturdays they have sample sales. So a lot of the showrooms that have like old goods that didn't sell or just like broken up packs, ones or twos, they resell their product. Like they'll resell it like sometimes you can go get stuff like three for ten dollars. Yeah. Like it's so cheap. Yeah. But there are there are items that, you know, are just left over. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are on Saturdays. So I get a lot of people that message me. They're in the fashion district on a Saturday. Like, well, where do I go? Ma'am, showrooms are not open on a weekend. Mm-hmm. I don't know who you <laughs> should have did your due diligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had the opportunity. I mean, I've had people, they do that. They're like, well, I couldn't do the tour, but I'm in L.A. right now. We're... No, it don't yeah. work like that. So, um <laughs> So on Saturdays, they you can do sample sale shopping, mm-hmm. but the wholesale showrooms are not open on the okay. weekends. Uh, so there's different parts of it. So you have the alley where you can, like, go get anything. Yeah. They have knockoff makeup, which you should not purchase. Yes. Um, perfume. Perfume. Everything. Shoes. Yeah. Uh, you can get you a Cuban link. You can get you a dog collar. You can get a phone case. I mean, some house shoes. Some luggage. I was floored. Some sunglasses. <laughs> a swimming suit. And then you can go get you a taco. A mint tie. <laughs> you can get you a taco. You can get you some Mexican, uh, some, what is it called? The corn yes which is so good mm-hmm. you can get you an icy they have a smoothie spot i love everything listen you can get anything your heart desires <laughs> in the fashion district right um but there it's so big mm-hmm. right so there's different i mean they have prom dresses they have men's clothing yeah. they have but you have to know where to go so there's a part of it that's open to consumers where you can just go and buy mm-hmm. one or two but then there's a part that's just showrooms um and then you have manufacturers so I started this tour because I know how beneficial it was to me yeah. um, to build those relationships. Mm-hmm. And I always would get so many questions. So, oh, my God, you always have such unique stuff. Where do you do your buying? So I'm like, okay, hey, I can't really explain it to you. I can bring you along the ride. Yeah. Um, and then I started opening it up to designers mm-hmm. because – there's also the textile portion. So right. you have a portion where you can go buy wholesale fabrics. 
I mean, anything from silk to leather to mohair to, mm-hmm. I mean, all of the trims, you know, if you want to buy you some Chanel patches to put on something, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> every, anything you can desire mm-hmm. is there. Um, so, because I know, um, so it's a brand called Mira Stale. She makes yeah. handbags. Yep, she's mm-hmm. based here locally. So she took the tour and she was able to connect with um, different fabric wholesalers mm-hmm. that she can get her leather from Good. whether it was faux leather or reg you know yeah. and then your findings your your buttons your fastenings your chains all of that mm-hmm. so i cover all of that um within the tour based on so i typically keep it max at 10 people okay i find that six is kind of my sweet spot because yeah. i do spend one-on-one time with each person so like Mira, like, okay, you're a designer, which everyone else is mostly, you know, a wholesale. Mm-hmm. So let me be able to kind of spend someone on time to take everybody to different places that can benefit them. Right. I sit down and do a one-on-one with everyone before we go to the tour. Okay. So that I'm very clear on what are your business needs? Mm-hmm. Who is your customer? What type of pieces are you looking for? What have you found that you didn't like? What was the problem? You know, what was your pain point? And then our strategically plan where we will go okay based off of that feedback okay so it's um so it's really different from you kind of just going out there and wondering aimlessly yeah versus going with someone who knows the um business yeah who knows the lingo um the language who can speak to the vendors um because a lot of times they will try to finagle you yeah they will try to fast talk you um, you have to just be really careful. Like some, ven- I know certain vendors, like I've had my credit card information stolen. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like there are certain things. So you have to really, you have to really pay attention yeah. um, to what you're doing because, you know, going out there and you don't know and you're kind of just eh, like, let's be real. This is still a business. Yeah. These showrooms still have people that work for them that might not necessarily have your best interest. Right. At heart, you know, let's, they are probably making, you know, very much minimum wage. Mm-hmm. So there's still an element for you to be concerned about, not even concerned, but you want to pay attention and know where you're going and right. what you're looking for and how to conduct yourself um, in a manner that, you know, has, will be able to bring you profits, get the relationships you mm-hmm. want, and quickly, you know, because you can go out there and walk around for eight hours yeah. and have nothing. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is very overwhelming. Lot. It is. Yeah. yeah. So I actually, I have a tour coming up um, the end of March, and then I'm actually doing a mastermind experience. Um, I haven't set a date for that, but I'm thinking it'll be in May, okay. which will be open to um, creatives of all beauty I'm sorry, fashion and lifestyle. Okay. So it won't be, we will spend some time in the fashion district, but it's more of just like a way for us to kind of connect offline. Mm-hmm. Um, because I realized doing the fashion district tour, um, it's always such a great experience connecting with other boutique owners and be, to be able to share, this is what I've experienced. This is what I'm dealing with. This is what I need help with. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm trying to figure out. Like, I'm trying to come up with a strategy for this. There's nothing like being able to sit somewhere outside of your normal space mm-hmm. and brainstorm on different things with someone who is in the same position as yeah. you. So I wanted to cre- keep that up and then create something that opens that up to people. You mm-hmm. know, if you're a blogger, if you're a designer, a mm-hmm. boutique owner, you know, a lifestyle brand, whatever. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I love that. <laughs> that is, like, amazing because I feel like you definitely need help when you go. Because, like I said, I just went to just a shop yeah. and I was like... I'm tapped out. Like, I can't do Man, this Man, because, like, they will try to hustle mm-hmm. you, you know, like, oh, $40. Like, I'm sorry. I just saw this. Like, I know. And that was the thing. So, yeah. and I know this. Mm-hmm. So, I have, so even when we go on the tour and people mm-hmm. be like, oh, I want to buy this. And I'm like, oh, how much is it? And they're like, oh, they said $40. I'm like, this is over there, you know, for, less than for nine. Yeah. Come on now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, um, but if you don't know, you don't know. Then you think and it's they a good know deal. people that don't know. And, yeah. and never buy any like makeup, perfume, anything chemical product, anything that's gonna go on your body mm-hmm. that is not clothing. Do not buy it from there. Okay. Um, there is a big. I talked about this on Facebook. There is a big um, 
there's actually a Netflix documentary, mm-hmm. Broken. Uh, I can't think of the one that speaks about this, but it speaks about the industry, the the counterfeit beauty industry mm-hmm. and how big it is and how dangerous it is. Yeah. They actually raid those stores wow. continuously because it is such, yeah, the, it's such a hazard. Like wow. the stuff that they put in these products, mm-hmm. um, they raid them continuously. So um, I always tell my ladies when they're out there, like, don't buy, no. They'd be like, oh my God, they got, they got this uh, palette. No. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Same thing with Amazon. A lot mm-hmm. of the stuff that cosmetic stuff that's sold on Amazon, mm-hmm. they are knockoffs. Unless it is like, say, Beauty Marks Amazon page mm-hmm. or such. If it's like a third party, second party, you don't want to buy yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you for saying that because when I was out there and like we went into a perfume shop and my mom was like, oh, they have like this Marc Jacobs. Mm. And I was like, mm. but I was like, am I just being bougie or am I? <laughs> you might. No. Listen, no. It's a not. It's, it is counterfeit. I like, it is. I don't know. It's counterfeit. Like, I'd rather just go to Macy's. Yeah. I, I mean, but at the end of the day, I mean, all things, you know, unless it's, you know, even when it's natural, organic, whatever, anything yeah. can cause a reaction. Right. But when it comes to stuff like that, yeah. Well, I learned my lesson too. Mm-hmm. I went to uh, when I was in Dubai. Mm-hmm. So we went into this perfume store, and I bought something. I bought something for my boyfriend at the time, mm-hmm. and brought it back, and he opened it. And it was a complete knockoff. <laughs> but what they showed me on the shelf, like, they had duped me. Like, oh, they had okay. swapped them out. Oh, my I God. I was like, are you serious? Oh, my God. And you don't want to think people are going to do that but, to you. But, but you listen, that's why I say you have you have to know and you have to pay attention. Yeah. So when you're going out there, you know, you have to pay attention. You have to know what to look for. Um, it's, it's not that it's a dangerous place, but mm-hmm. it's a business at the right. end of the day. People want to make money yeah. and they see an opportunity from people who come there who don't know, mm-hmm. you know, what to look for. So you hate to see it. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say are some of the best business decisions that you've ever made? Ooh. Um, and some lessons you've learned the hard way. Okay. <laughs> best business decision. Um, was to actually just start a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was some years ago, but it was one of the best decisions that I have made. Um, I have a corporate background. I worked in complete opposite. You know, um, I've come from like a technology and telecom mm-hmm. background, um, and I just was very unfulfilled. Okay, I was not happy. Um, so I just say. If you have something that you want to do, do it. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a hobby, even if it's just like, hey, this is going to be my passion project, but I'm going to keep my job. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say just starting a business was the best decision. And actually starting to go outside of myself for the resources that I need, Mm -hmm. that was one of the other best decisions. Um, I'm a Virgo, so I'm a do-aller. Like, I'm a do-aller. My passion and my my passion is, like, my baby. Mm -hmm. I take everything serious. Like, I don't play about certain things. And it's really hard to let go of certain things and let someone else come in and really help you. Yeah. Um, You know, I'm a control freak in that way. And I I had... (laughs) And I'm still learning how to relinquish that control. Um, but a lot of that is what I have learned is, um, unless you know what you're relinquishing, unless you know what it is you're giving to someone, Mm -hmm. you won't feel comfortable. Right. So that means you need to know your business and the areas you're weak in and be able to be okay with that Mm -hmm. to say like, okay, I'm not good with this. I need to find someone that can help me with that um know your strong points Mm -hmm. and your weaknesses um so yeah so start a business if you're wanting to do it just go ahead and do it that's my number one that's number one advice number two is learn how to the best thing I did was learn how to relinquish control over areas Mm -hmm. that a I don't have any control in and b are not my expertise right I'm still learning that Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like that's such a lifelong, like... Yeah, I, yeah, I'm still learning that. Oh, man. Um, 
And then what was the other part of that? Um, lessons that you learned the hard way. Ooh, lessons I learned the hard way. Um, whew, so many. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the lessons I learned the hard way was that you're... Okay, so a lot of times we overthink, overanalyze, go outside of ourselves mm-hmm. for validation, opinion, and it prohibits us from being able to do the innovative things that God has called us to do. Mm-hmm. So for me, I wish I had have learned early on that um, – I have certain vision and ideas for a reason, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's not for anyone else to validate those because a lot of times people don't understand your thought process or how you are or why you're that way. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it will cause, you know, um, a lot of times I've done things because I didn't want to come off a certain way okay. or I didn't want people to be like, oh, she's such a this and that. And it's like, no, I just want things to be at a certain level of excellence and expertise. And I'm and that's just how I want it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be comfortable with who you are. Right. And how you want things and know that like stand in it one thousand mm-hmm. percent, because the minute someone sees you sway from that that's when they realize like okay i got you like yeah. i can knock you off a little bit mm-hmm. you know so stand 100 percent confident in what it is that you are good at what you know you're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. and do it yeah. like do not i don't care if it's your your family siblings spouse children best friend mm-hmm. auntie cousin <laughs> i don't i don't pastor whomever your mm-hmm. spiritual guy i don't care who it is that challenges what you feel like you should be doing. If you feel it in your gut, mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. What does it mean for you to be a damsel in Detroit? Oh, <laughs> man. Um, you know, I just, I love my city, you mm-hmm. know, um, I mean, I always just think about the memories being in my, you know, just growing up, being like a teenager mm-hmm. to being in my 20s. I'm telling my age. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, you know, gallivating around the city. You know, it was a different city yeah. then. It was a completely different city then. And so it makes me really proud to see what it has become. But for me, um, that for me my place is to not forget Mm -hmm. the history that I was a part of and incorporating the new Detroit that I've experienced with the old Detroit. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what, you know, being a Denzel in Detroit means to me. Mm -hmm. It's merging those communities um, because I, I was fortunate enough to have a community before I moved to Chicago 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. I have a community um, and a following <clears throat> within business from mm-hmm. then, um, you know, I'm like I'm an old school Detroiter. Like, <laughs> like I I've been doing this. You know, I say Period. that. Look, I say that as humble yes. as possible. Yes. but I've been doing this. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I'm able to. I find it really important to merge those two together. Mm-hmm. You know, like. I always laugh about that. Like, you know, like me and certain people will always laugh. Like, oh, that's so like, you know, early 2000 Detroit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we'll, and, and I, f- I find it's important to keep that balance for mm-hmm. me. Um, because the new Detroit, you know, quote air quotes, mm-hmm. um, is different from what, you know, anyone who grew up right. in Metro Detroit in their, um, you know, in our 20s. You know, I'm there in my 30s. So it's really a different space. Mm-hmm. And um, it's important, I feel like, that we keep that 
energy, yeah, that culture, mm-hmm. um, that grit, you know, that we are so known for. Right. So everything I do, I incorporate that in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what that means for me. That was a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, before we go, where can people connect with you on social and on the web? Okay. So everyone can connect with me on social at T Capel. So that's T E E C A P E L. And then from there, you can kind of find all of my other yeah. avenues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you can find me at tcapel.com. And her website is super cute. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I was on it yesterday. Like, oh, oh, thanks. So nice. Thanks. Everything is all laid out. <laughs> oh, I'm such a, um, I'm a stickler. No, I, uh, I we are the same in that way. And I'm, and I'm still working on my website. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I still, I'm like, okay, I still need to add this and add that. But yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm letting go of the spirit of perfection. It's hard. <laughs> so I was like, I had to edit or like give some edits for a video for work. And there were so many things that I could have like said, but I was like, pick the one that is really bothering you. Mm-hmm. And let the other ones go because mm-hmm. I didn't want people to be like, okay, now you're just being petty. Mm-hmm. Like, does it really matter if the comma is there or not? And I'm like, I mean, so it's just, it's just hard. It's just very hard. And like, <laughs> I'm the same way because I just want everything to be done right. It is. And just do it right the first time. And then I won't have to come back and say anything. Yeah. Like, come on now. But, no, it is. And yeah. and that's and that's something that I have started doing. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. What can't you live with yeah. in here? All right, yeah. take it out mm-hmm. and be done with yeah. it. <laughs> Everything else, like, people are probably not even going to notice. Like, it's exactly. just you. Yeah. 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 No, I get it. But this was great. Yeah. I had, You asked me some really good questions. Hey, like, I try. I really yeah. do try. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, those are really good. Thank you. Thank you for coming. I am. Thanks for having me. Yes, It's of been course. a good time. Yay. And as always, y'all, thanks for listening. And I want you to remember that Detroit girls do it better. And we'll be back next week. <laughs>